everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost. And, you know, just hanging out here thinking, welcome, welcome. This is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals. Uh, and, uh, you know, today I was thinking, you know, what, what, how long does it really take to learn how to make a good junk journal? And uh, I mean, like, really make a good one. You know, one where you're really happy with the way the signatures fit in, the way the cover came out, the the tightness of the signatures. They're not too floppy. They're not too tight. Um, everything is aligned. And uh, uh, you know, how long does that process actually take to, to learn? And um, I'm thinking that for me, I would say my first journal, I... Um, was I did a more complicated stitch than the three-hole pamphlet stitch. I did a Coptic stitch, and that was a lot for me to take on when I didn't know what I was doing at all, and uh, that took me a while. I had to, let's say, sew it and re-sew it several times before it actually made it into the book, and I made the cover and covered the cover and all of that, and I sweated and I toiled and I angsted, and, uh, um, and it was fun and exciting, but um, it was also cumbersome and... Uh, somewhat terrifying because I didn't know if it was going to work. Maybe terrifying is a little bit overstated, but, um, you know, uh, it seemed like, oh my gosh, you know, I get this all together and this thing doesn't come out right. You know, that was going to be like quite the concern. And, uh, um, so I finally finished it, finally finished getting on the inside covers and finally finished decorating the outside cover. And, uh, the first one was actually a watercolor, um, uh, paper journal that I made uh, so I could do my watercolors on it and um, um, it actually came out okay it was like uh, not bad so I thought well heck if I could do that I could make other journals and uh, you know maybe I would make one with just blank pages so I could write in it bahaha and um, <laughs> and uh, you know and, and things evolved from there but uh, I do specifically remember the second journal I made I think I was all happy camper about the whole thing and figured I had that whole Coptic stitch down like nobody's business. And uh, let's just say that second one didn't come out at all close to the quality of the first one. And um, so there I sat looking at that thing going, where did I go wrong? Where did I make a mistake? It seems so, if I, if I had the rhythm down with the Coptic stitch in the first one, why was it so hard in the second one? And uh, I kind of remember as I was Coptic stitching away on the second one, and the Coptic stitch is like a a little more of a complicated, weavy sort of stitch um, on the spine of the signatures. And I thought, yeah, I think I remember how to do it. So I did my little knot, and I did my little pull-throughs and knots and pull-throughs and all this and that. And I thought at one moment when I was about halfway through, I thought to myself, you know... This feels different than the first one that I made. There's something feeling just a bit different. Like maybe I should have went under when I went over or something like that. I couldn't quite ever put my finger on it. But when that little guy was finished, he looked nothing like his big brother that came out earlier. And uh, so that was a bit of a wake-up call. And then I started to think, okay, all right, I just need to retract. Go back from the beginning. I will create a new, it's only paper, and I will attempt again. So after I watched, of course, 45 more uh, YouTube videos on how to make junk journals, I came across this thing called the three-hole pamphlet stitch. 
And I thought to myself, my lord, that looks a lot easier than that Coptic stitch. How come I'm killing myself with this Coptic stitch over here? And believe me, there's nothing wrong with a good Coptic stitch. It's a very beautiful, very time-honored bookbinding technique. Um, it, uh, I, I would say it's a higher skill level, um, but um, it's also, uh, it, it's just a whole different ball of wax. And there's other ways to tie signatures in. And, and what I started to learn as I ventured through the myriad of beautiful YouTube videos on how to make a journal, that there were a million and one ways to cook this duck. And uh, I apparently was going to try every one of them. So, um, you know, I got so excited about it. I did love the concept. And even though my books were very wonky, very, very wonky in the beginning. Did I emphasize very wonky? Yes, very wonky. Um, everything that went wrong could go wrong. I could never get my signatures lined up. My pages did not seem to be the right size, even though I measured them exactly with the ruler, the ruler, I pulled the ruler out and I made my ruler marks, but I didn't take into account when you put a bunch of pages together and you fold them in half, that the middle pages will stick out further to the east than the outside pages. And little things like that, that you just sort of learn as you go along and you realize, oh yeah, I got to accommodate for that. And then you're thinking, oh, how am I going to cut them? So they all get all nicey nicey. And you know, first of all, you come in there with your scissors and you start hatcheting away and you realize disaster pants has just occurred. And it um, does not go smoothly. There's jagged edges. And at that time, I thought clean edges were what I was after. I must have clean edges, like the clean edges of a book. And uh, so I'm like, oh, this is terrible. So I must need to invest in one of those super duper fancy schmancy cutters. You know, one of those guillotine cutters that can cut through tons of paper at the same time. Then, and only then, will I have the clean cut edge that I am looking for. And uh, so off I went. I ordered my um, overly priced guillotine cutter, which I still love to this day. But when I put my um, signatures in there to cut it straight, I found that my guillotine cutter cut about, I would say, seven-eighths of it straight. And then all of a sudden, at the very end, it would swing to the right. And I'm like, whoop, what happened there? And um, so I learned that even my guillotine cutter, which is supposed to cut more than one piece of paper at a time, um struggled with the large numbers of papers it had to cut through. So then I, I uh, lollied down the path of finding a better paper cutter. And uh, so I started to look at what real book binders do and how they cut their papers. And I thought, my God, I, I, can't, I can't afford all this uh, heavy-duty, intense uh, paper press cutting machine uh, things that they had. There has to be a way to get this line straight. And then it became my mission to get that line straight. And uh, all of a sudden, I saw somebody using a craft knife to cut paper and uh, with a ruler on a craft mat. And I thought, huh. And I thought, huh, you can use the craft mat to line up your signature so it's square at the top and on the bottom. It's all flush and everything. Then you lay your ruler down and then you start cutting. And it's okay if you don't cut all the way through because you've got a lot of paper there. But you just stick with the process, you hold it in place, and you just keep cutting over and over again on that line. And voila! Magically, they were all the same. They all stopped at the same place. It was a nice, clean, sharp cut. And I, oh, now there, now I, I handled that. I was so excited. So um, that took me a few signatures. 
Uh, sometimes I cut them too narrow. Okay. Sometimes I didn't, I cut them narrow enough and they were, you know, either at the book edge or beyond the book edge at a time when I thought that was not desirable. Now I love it. Actually, it's one of my favorite designs to make when stuff is sticking out everywhere. But, um, I, you know, just wanted to make a basic book. That's all I wanted to do was learn how to make a basic book. There had to be a way just to spit out with a very simple formula, a quality basic book that I could repeat over and over and it would produce every time. And of course, I like variety. So um, if I'm starting to spit something out over and over again in the same process, I get bored really quickly and I want to try new things. So I'm, of course, you know, watching more YouTube videos and learning new techniques and watching how different people create different things. And I'm just so fascinated and flabbergasted how everybody can take this paper and and uh, cereal boxes and, you know, whatnot, whatever they're making their books out of. And, and there's 101 ways to Sunday. Um, of how to make a junk journal. And uh, so then, you know, I'm, I'm trying all these different covers on and I figured I'd made it past signatures at that point. Okay, getting them to the right uh, width from left to right was one challenge. Then getting them all aligned up and down where they were actually like little soldiers all in a line next to each other. That was my next stumbling block. And I remember stumbling over that and stumbling over that and stumbling over that. And... Um, uh, if you have seen my uh, how to make a um, uh, junk journal from an old book, um, you may have seen how I got around that. But I used the Crocodile Big Bite to help me uh, punch holes. And, it, um, and I also show you how I get my little holes to be in the same spot pretty close. So that my, uh, um, and then I, I line up my signatures all together in a little pile. And um, then I make this little mark on the back of the signatures right where the holes are. And it's practically foolproof. I mean, it's the only reason if it doesn't come out, it's because one of your holes isn't right beside one of the other holes. And so I've kind of learned another way around how how to get those holes lined up by also using the craft mat and a good eyeball and um, completely avoiding the templates and things like that. Nothing wrong with a good template. If you love your template and that makes you feel happy and everything is precise and exact, go to town. More power to you. Um, What I found was after I punched through my template a thousand times, the holes got bigger and wonky on their own and they started to migrate a little up, down, left, right. So I ended up having to make new templates a lot. And... um, um, I also remember fighting before I discovered the crocodile, fighting to get the awl or the pokey tool or the what have you not that you were trying to drive through the signatures. Um, it seemed like when I aimed at the center on the inside of the signature and I was either pushing the awl through or hammering it through with a rubber mallet, it never came out at the very back of the spine on the other side. It was always a little to the right, a little to the left, a little to the right, a little to the left. And I found, um, after a lot of experimentation, that if I sort of reversed the process and I flipped it over and I punched the hole from the back to the front, it was a better process. And then when I involved the crocodile to big bite, then I could get a little bit bigger of a hole and I could put the hole exactly where I wanted. Now, what I did find is that the hole on the outside of the spine was exactly where I wanted it. But no, and no matter how many paper clips I put on my signatures, when I punch it, that hole on the inside rarely ever comes dead center on the fold. I don't know why, don't know why to this day, not sure. But what I found is that it causes 
fewer problems if the if it is a little off center on the inside than on the outside. And when your hole is in the right place on the outside, everything lines up just nicely. And uh, so that was helpful. So now I'm probably, oh, I want to say maybe six months to a year going through all this, trying different kinds, trying different um, signature methods, trying different things like that. And, um, you know, just pumping out these books one after another, uh, just trying to get the basic book construction. We're not even talking embellishments at this point. We're just talking basic book construction. And uh, so I figured I had um, developed a few different ways to make books, big books, little books, cereal box books, everything from scratch books, making them from old, um, you know, uh, uh, books using recycled or reused or repurposed books, which is awesome because um, it's already nice thick book board and often you have a spine intact. So you're halfway home. Um, So yeah, so there was a lot of learning in that. And this is just my journey. This is not everybody's journey. Some people may land in junk, junk journal land and go gangbusters right from the beginning and have it all figured out. Me, not so much. Every single journal I made, I learned something from. And uh, I still, to this day, keep a lot of my original journals because they're almost a chronology of my mistakes um, and and things that I learned. And uh, so when I look at a journal and I'm like, oh, don't you have loose signatures? Look how floppy goosey your signatures are. Or, uh, oh, look how this piece of paper is coming off the front of the inside of the cover. Uh, Maybe I didn't use the right glue or I didn't glue to the edges. Um... You know, so there's all these little things that you come across as you're making journals. And, um, you know, another one was, how do I do hidden spine versus exposed spine? And, um, you know, I've saw 101 ways to do this. You know, if you want to do an exposed spine while you just punch your holes through the spine, that's pretty self-explanatory. But if you want to do a hidden spine, I think there's maybe, I, I know of two ways you can do that. You can do... Um, punch through the holes like you did or through the spine like you did with the other one and then just cover the outside of the spine with some material or some book binding uh, material or something like that where um, it looks like the spine is covered but it's actually sneakily right under the um, uh, the material that is covering the spine and if the thread that you use is not too thick then you won't even know it's there sometimes you can see it a little through the uh, material and sometimes that's kind of a cool look um, and um, but then if you want to do a hidden spine, then uh, I discovered another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 seven in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This way that you can basically construct your signatures um, using something that almost looks like the template that you would use to punch the holes for the spine, where you sew them to the template, in essence, and then you glue the template into the spine. And that actually worked very well for me. Um, I still like that method a lot. I found it very reliable. I use the Fabrifix glue to adhere it and I use a lot of it and I let it sit, I like clamp it closed and I let it sit there overnight before I open it. And it's 
that's plenty of time. You don't need that much time. But um, I've never had one fail me in that department. Um, and um, that's been very reliable. Then I don't have any strings on the outside of the spine. And um, it's just um, a nice, neat, easy way to do that. And I think I've shown those to you all in videos. If not, I, I will make a point of doing that. Um, but yeah, it's been um, every step of the way is a new journey. And, you know, let's just face it. Once you get your signatures in and you've got your cover, you think you're home free. But no, 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 no. You're not home free because it's all about the cover. Who are we kidding? When you see your junk journal, you want it to have an amazing cover that just is enticing and gravitating. And it just pulls you in. It begs you to open me, open me, explore me, come see what's inside. You'll have no idea what you'll find unless you open these doors. And, uh... Uh, so then it became like, oh my God, I have to become a mixed media artist in order to put something amazing on the, on the cover. And, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure with that because I, I, I'm not a mixed media artist and I had, I barely understand what, you know, liquid gel medium is. I'm still not hundred percent sure to this day, but, uh, what I started to do was I would see a cover that I liked and I thought, how can I do that? And I would try and think about what it would take for me to do something similar to that. So I would experiment with different glues and different objects and, um, you know, different ways of doing things just to see what would work and what didn't. You have to have a cover that is, number one, comfortable in the hand, number two, eye-appealing and intriguing so that somebody would even want to pick it up, and number three, sturdy. You want it to have it not fall apart. Let's say if you glue a lot, a bunch of bips and bops on it, and you don't want somebody to pick it up in their hand and things go springing off left and right because you used the, the uh, not a good glue or something. You tried to glue something on with a glue stick on the cover and it just popped off. And, um, oh, my, my journey with glue sticks. Oh, let me tell you. I mean, I really, you know, I love Dollar Tree, but that darn glue stick is, is just not worth its weight in anything. It is, um, I really consider it a temporary glue stick. Let's say you just want to put something down to hold it so you can sew it in place or something like that. That might be a good thing. But yeah, there's definitely different qualities in glues. And if you're just playing around and just want to make a fast junk journal for fun on an afternoon, don't go buy all the expensive glues and stuff like that. But if you're going to think that, wow, you got bitten by the bug, like a lot of us have, and you're thinking, hmm, I want to make more of these, and let me tell you, there's nothing more, more heartbreaking than when you make a book and it falls apart. <laughs> Trust me, I've been there. And um, you, it just becomes this compulsion. You want to find a way to make a book that does not fall apart. And my latest failure was... Um, and I'm still so humiliated to this day, but I, I definitely learned from it was um, I used some vintage embroidery floss to sew in the signatures. And even though they were nice and snug and tight and everything, because the embroidery floss had degraded over time, it just broke. It just broke. And normally it wouldn't break under that strain, but it just broke. And, um, you know, my I was mortified and, um, uh, you know, but I learned. And I, I think that's the biggest thing I can tell you is um, take a breath, don't freak out and ask yourself what you can learn from this because you will never let that happen again. <laughs> and you can go on from there and it's going to be okay. Yes. And um, 
So now I've been playing around with some uh, waxed linen. I think it's waxed linen thread. I know it's a waxed thread that bookbinders use, and uh, it's a little bit more reliable. It has more tensile strength. It's younger. It's brand new, and I have great faith in it. And it holds the knots well. When you knot it, it doesn't let go on you. Like sometimes if you're with the other threads, you have to pull and kind of put your finger there and then put the second knot in really fast, not to mention go right over left, left over right, in case you forget to make a nice anchored knot. But um, yeah, that is the way to do it. So I would, uh, I would say there's been many learning adventures along the way. So how long does it really take to make a really good junk journal? Not long, honestly. Um, and it all depends what your goals are, where you start, and um, how, how elaborate of a project do you want to make initially. Um, I would recommend starting off smaller and thinner and working your way up as you gain more confidence, just add, an, like start with a one signature book, maybe a half inch one signature book, and um, try it with an old book cover. Try it with making it from scratch with some, um, you know, some chipboard, um, some cereal boxes, some cookie boxes. I mean, you know, play with what you have. That's probably my best tip. Play with what you have and create from there and learn on the way and just know that it's all good. Yes. And, uh, you know, I have many times I have gone back and my, um, my learning journal books, now that I know a few tricks on how to strengthen the books, um, I'll go back and reinforce them and do things like that to them. It's like, oh, this needed Tyvek tape or this needed the, um, oh, my computer just made a strange sound at me. It just became alive. Go away. Don't be talking now. I'm doing a podcast. Quiet you. Quiet. Go forth. No, you're not listening. Not listening at all. Okay. I will just ignore that and turn everything off on that. Yep. Going quiet now. Oh, there we go. Found you. I've gone. Yes. Sorry for that. The, um, never. Oh, oh yeah. So I went and I learned how to reinforce the, um, uh, the weak points. And uh, sometimes I took con- signatures right out and uh, reconstructed the spine. I mean, that's a great thing you can do if you've ever completely botched the whole thing and you just think, disaster, this is horrible. You can dissect, deconstruct, salvage front and back cover, make a new spine, re sew in your uh, signatures that you already created, just cut them out of the other, whatever you had, and um, use those in the new one. And uh, you can just go from there. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Um, always embrace the challenge. Get ready to learn something new because odds are you go- you're going to learn something new every time you make a book. I learn something new every time I make a book. Hands down, no questions asked. Um, I learned about fabrics, um, how thick or thin a fabric can be for a cover, what works, what doesn't. There's a kind of a happy medium in there. Sometimes when you get too thick, it's uh, too bulky to work with. If you get too thin, it's see-through and your glues seep through. So you kind of learn all these little things along the way. But um, in the end, you end up with a book. And that's kind of a nice thing. And that's always a good day. So I hope you're having fun out there. I hope you are creating with reckless abandon. If you're looking for any links to anything, my um, my videos, my um, podcasts, my newsletter, uh, my uh, Etsy store, which has a bunch of vintage digital kits in there. Or if you're looking for an occasional journal that I pop in there by surprise, um, I sometimes don't do uh, videos. I just put them on Etsy um, and I don't tell anybody. It's my, it's my latest new thing. 
That's why I figure everybody has a fair crack at it. You just never know. If you go in there, you might get lucky. Um, So, uh, yeah, I am planning on making more things for the holiday season. I mean, not necessarily all Christmas things, but just things between now and the holidays um, to get some things into the Etsy store and have a few things for you guys to to check out if you're interested. But um, I love spending time with you, and I'm so thankful uh, that you guys choose to spend time with me. I, I know you have busy days and responsibilities and a million other things that you could be doing, but um, thank you very much for hanging out, having fun, and making my day a whole lot better. Um, all right, so you guys take care, have fun, and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.